This is a Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. My name's Grant. Sam's sitting across the table from me. Sam, uh, we've made it today. The day we're recording this, the day before it comes out, is opening night in the NFL. It got here. They're playing tonight up at 3.43 Thursday afternoon. They're still playing. So uh, what uh, what are you looking forward to tonight um, in terms of the NFL season kicking off and, and finally getting underway? I mean, just football in general. It seems hard to believe we're at this point where we're actually getting football done. I know college football has kind of started slowly, but surely this will be the first, like, actual week of game. So I'm excited for that as well. But just excited for some NFL watching some, some Texans Chiefs tonight, which I'm really excited about. I have a couple fantasy football players online. I'm, I'm just looking forward to watching some football. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be exciting, and I'm excited for it. Um, obviously, this comes out the day after the game, so um, the game will have already happened, and then we'll be moving forward. But like you said, looking forward to football um, and, and getting ready for that. Uh, and it should be a fun night um, and a fun weekend overall. The ACC starting Clemson and Wake Forest uh, playing this weekend. So it's going to be an overall good weekend, I think. A lot of games on Sunday, and then the, the doubleheader on Monday night. I think will be fun to, to pay attention to as well. Um, but Sam, before we get into some football conversation, I wanted to get into something happened this week. And um, this is this was something that was floated out by the ACC coaches. They proposed a plan that would allow all 350 Division I basketball teams to compete in the uh, NCAA tournament. So It'd be like the Indiana high school basketball tournament is now, so to speak, where everyone gets in no matter what your record is um, and everyone plays for the state championship. I'll get, I'll let you go first here, Sam. What is your thoughts on this all-inclusive tournament uh, that was proposed just for this year by ACC coaches? Um, I need to, as I mentioned in the other podcast, I mentioned this, I need to see the specifics like, are you going to have four regions like you normally do? Are you going to seed each team one through 350? Are there going to be first round buys? Like I want to see the all in depth because I know the coaches already voted on it. They voted unanimously. So they're, they, they proposed it, voted on it. They pushed it through, but I want to see the specifics of it. I'm not sure how it's going to work in, especially in a bubble. You're going to have 300. If they're doing a bubble system, you're going to have 350 teams in a bubble. Like, I just don't see working out with all the specifics and 350 programs. You have to have each conference vote on it. You have, like I I I I just want to see more involved in the plan itself. Yeah, I think you know they floated the plan out there. I haven't really dug deep into it, but um, you mentioned further plans. It it has to be voted on. It has to pass. So happening this year probably not likely. I don't like the plan. Mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. Um, we should not have an all-inclusive tournament. Yes, the mid-majors would get in, um, and and we might see some some pretty good Cinderella stories, but I don't like it. it. I think it takes away from some tradition of the 64 teams battling it out. I think it makes the regular season really irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I know with the regular season this year, it might be different, and we might not play as many games, but still, I don't like the format. It makes the regular season irrelevant. It makes conference champions irrelevant. And I just don't like the plan overall. I think we should stick to 64 teams and then have the four play-in games. Um, makes it, it makes you play harder during the season. Makes a regular season far more important. 
makes the conference tournaments even more important because honestly, if you were a team, you'd enter your conference tournament and a, would you, I mean, how hard would you try? I mean, legitimately, mm-hmm. how hard would you try? Would you try to rest players and get them ready to go? So um, I don't like the plan. I think it would, I think it would take too, I don't know. I don't want to say it would take too long because I don't think it would. You'd have a lot of different sites. I think you would have to play all the games up until you got to 64 teams at, at like home sites. So you'd have a, a home team and a weight team, and then you could go to the neutral site. Um, but still, it, it's a lot to do. It's a lot to get through in why we have eight months or so until we're talking about March Madness. Mm-hmm. So I don't really like the plan. Um, it, yes, I get why they floated out there to, you know, because of the regular season, teams might be missing games. Um, we might just have a conference-only season. But overall, I don't like the idea. Let's stick to the 64 teams and move on. I mean, there's a reason it's 64 teams. Because if you expand beyond that, it just kind of makes more and more less like the regular season left significant. We already have teams getting in below 500, and it's just like, what's what's the point? Like I like besides the few Cinderellas, like uh, we could have a few UMBCs that we've seen where it just outrageous upsets. But beyond that, we're gonna be seeing North Carolina Central playing teams like Duke. And let's be frank, besides those few times there's upsets, it's gonna be blowouts. So I think it ruins like the time of basketball. I really enjoy. Only like even though it sucks, we only have one bid as a like a group of five team. It's right because let's be honest, we shouldn't have twelve teams in the NCAA tournament. Our like our uh, talent level in the MAC isn't worthy of that. And I think I think the system how it is, it works. And I don't know whether it works in this COVID situation, but in the past whatever a hundred so years we've had this tournament, it's worked perfectly fine. Yeah. I- and it wouldn't, you know, if you played that big tournament, you could say, oh, we are the best of them all. Well, you really are saying that with the 64-team tournament mm-hmm. because, let's be honest, um, there's quite a few blowups in the round of 64 mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. Not a lot, but a few. And you really get the really good games when you get into the round of 32 and Sweet 16. So, yeah, let's keep it at 64. I think we should move on with our lives. I think this idea is going to get shoved into the back folder for um, a while, and I don't think real discussions will have it. I know Mike Shusevsky came out and so in support of it, but I don't think the ACC can can rattle this much change um, throughout the entire Division One basketball. But that was just kind of a storyline I wanted to get to here uh, first before we dove into our NFL conversation. So um, let us know your thoughts on that straight up sports talk on Twitter. What do you think of that? Um, we ran a poll. Um, we ran a poll this week, Sam, and I'm going to pull it up because um, I'm kind of blanking on what the poll was. But we ran a poll, and it was exactly 50-50. Yeah, we ran a poll on the uh, NCAA tournament. We had 12 votes, and it came back in even 50-50. So even our viewing audience doesn't know uh, what um, what they want. So, yeah, it's it was a 50-50 tie on the poll, but uh, we might float some, some new polls out there, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but, yeah, let's get to some NFL talk, Sam, here. Um, this weekend, a big slate of NFL games on Sunday. And um, really the game I'm really looking forward to is a Sunday afternoon game, the Buccaneers and the Saints. So I'm looking forward to that game. We're going to get into a couple of games here. But, Sam, 
on Sunday, you look at the lineup of games. Is there one game in particular that you're looking for and, and that stands out to you? Um, I'm going straight to the Colts at Jaguars. I know uh, Stephen Holder, a uh, writer athletic, says the Colts haven't beat the Jaguars in Florida since like 2014. So I'm hoping with the amount of trades that the Jaguars have done ha- can give the Colts the easy win. Another one I'm excited to watch is uh, Cardinals at 49ers. I want to see if a, the 49ers can keep what they did from last season true to see if that one year wasn't just a like kind of a fluke in a way. And I'm excited to see Kyle Murray once again prove himself against that defense because, as we know, the 49ers defense is one of the best in the league. So if he can prove himself in this kind of second year, if he can prove himself, maybe he's on his, like, a, what do they call it, like sophomore jump or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to those two games. Yeah, I think the Cardinals will be an interesting – team to keep an eye out for um you know they picked up deandre hopkins and a couple new weapons for kyler murray so uh if they can get the ball rolling a little bit there they're really tough division there in the nfc west with seattle um the 49ers and the rams so that'll be a tough division for them but uh, let's see what they can do let's see if they can make some noise out there out west um i mentioned the bucks and saint sam uh, you're gonna hear from me all season long i am a uh I don't want to say honorary Saints fan, but I am a Saints fan temporarily for this season, maybe a few years. I've always been a big fan of Drew Brees. I really like the guy, great quarterback. Um, but I'm a Saints fan for this year. I have a, a, a futures bet on the Saints uh, to win it all. Uh, I made that bet today on uh, FanDuel. So I get $5 for every game they win. So all I got to do is win 10 games and get my money back. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a lot of hope in them. They've been screwed the past three years. This is most likely Drew Brees' last season. We'll see. Uh, but I got a lot of hope in the Saints. They're a really tough division with the Buccaneers, obviously, and Tom Brady down there in Tampa. So it'll be interesting to, to watch this team. But I'm really excited for that game on, on Sunday afternoon. Tom Brady in a different color uniform for the first time um, in his career. I think it'll be fun to watch um, as well. A couple other games I have highlighted. Browns at Ravens and not necessarily uh, maybe competition aspect, but the Ravens, obviously last year they, they, they ran into Tennessee and uh, their hopes and dreams of Super Bowl um, as they were kind of the favorite heading into the playoffs. Um, they'll, they'll start their season at home against the Browns, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Baker Mayfield and the, the revitalization of that Browns team. Will they be able to get it done? Are there too many personalities there? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and find out. Um, but, Sam, the, the game, I, I, I want to get to this game here, Dolphins and Patriots. Ryan Fitzpatrick's starting quarterback, Cam Newton's mm-hmm. starting quarterback uh, there in New England. What are you expecting to see out of the Patriots this season? With um, We kind of already talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago, but with Cam Newton, with Bill Belichick, how's that all going to work there in New England? Uh, it's going to be curious considering they've had like eight or so opt-outs this season, not to mention Tom Brady leaving, as you mentioned earlier, going to the Bucks. So watching this new offense with Cam Newton who can provide a running kind of attack, which Tom Brady has never provided, even though he did have over a 1,000 yards in like 10 seasons. But Cam Newton can get a 1,000 yards in one season. That's the difference that Cam Newton makes. Him also, like, they didn't really add any two really b- big names people when you look at besides Cam Newton on that low deal. But beyond that, with all their opt-outs, I expected them to maybe sign to Dave and Clowney. I expected them to sign some, maybe a Leonard Fournette or so a Liz Shady McCoy. I thought that – didn't happen, so I'm kind of interested to see this kind of uh, 
uh, like kind of B team, if you want to call it, like kind of rough uh, team that Bill Belichick is throwing out there against the Dolphins. Be rough around the edges. We'll see how good Bill Belichick of a coach he is um, this season. I think I don't even, I don't even know if they get over 500 in the win category. We could see that. Um, the Dolphins though. Uh, they got Tua Tagovailoa as a backup quarterback. Do we see him in the starting role before the season's over? Oh, I think so. I think we see kind of what they did with Josh Rosen, where they gave him a shot eventually, which they ended up going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think with them drafting Tua, they kind of cement him as their guy. I think Ryan has even come out and said this is Tua's job. So I think everybody knows in that organization, it's only a matter of time once Tua's ready that they'll – turn it over him and he'll he'll be given a shot i think uh yeah if if you get to week seven week eight and you're um you know four and four or uh, three and five two and two and six something like that hand the reins over to him let's see what he can get done the back half of the season um is that fair to a rookie quarterback probably not but that's what teams and organizations usually tend to do uh, when they're in that situation. So uh, the Dolphins going up to visit New England could be problematic for New England. We'll find out. Um, you got a classic Sunday night football matchup, Cowboys-Rams. A lot of people are riding high on the Cowboys this season. Mm-hmm. Seems like every season. I mean, last season was well, they were riding high, um, you know, all season long. Dak Prescott still, you know, he, he had to sign the franchise tag this offseason. What is, what is Dallas going to be like? Um, here this season with new coach Mike McCarthy, obviously a disappointing in the last season that finished eight and eight. Um, what what are you expecting to see out of the Cowboys? Do they make the playoffs this year in, in the struggling NFC East? Honestly, uh, I expect big things from the Cowboys. A lot of people, even last year, they did have high expectations, but I think this is the new levels. Like I've seen several different analysts put Cowboys in the Super Bowl this year, which People did have high expectations, but I think they only had them to make the playoffs this year. I think their defense, which kind of held them back last year, is looking really strong. You've got Demarcus Lawrence, Don Terry Poe, Tyrone Crawford, Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch, uh, Xavier Woods, Trayvon Diggs, uh, Stephon Diggs' uh, brother, I do believe, holding out the defense. And then you add C.D. Lamb to Michael Gallup, uh, Mari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. Like, I'm really excited about this team. Like, they – they seem they seem too good to be true. Like everybody has high expectations for them every year, but I'm expecting big things from the Cowboys this year. Are they the team that has the highest expectations this season? I Bucks. mean, they have the highest expectations to get things done. Second highest behind the Bucks. Behind the Bucks, uh, I, I would agree with that. I, I think the Bucks have expectations. I don't know how high though. I, I feel like you know if they were to to make an early exit in the playoffs, I don't think it would be a total loss. Uh, for New England. I would say that the team that has the highest expectations, I think, um, would kind of be the Ravens almost. They're, they haven't been talked about a lot, but the Ravens, who were really hyped up last season, Lamar Jackson, you know, playing like a maniac all season long, um, I think they got one of the highest expectations of the league to go back and get it done this year. So uh, you could say them, you could say the Titans, you could say the 49ers in there as well um, in terms of high expectations. Uh, the Bears even, too, after a disappointing last season. Sam, I, I wanted to ask you, too, uh, who's going to be the worst team in football this season? Sitting here uh, four hours before kickoff, who's going to be the worst team that we see in the league this year? I think there's an obvious answer yeah. out there, but I want to get your reasons why. 
Uh, well, I'm not going to go with the obvious one. I think I think I could go with the easy route with the Jags, but I don't think that's fun. And I'm going to go with actually a team I see kind of struggling. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. We've seen so much turmoil over the past with Dan Gilbert's accus- with his accusations. Whether or not they're true is a completely different story. One night, and I'm not going to get into that. But it just seems like everything they do have a bright spot in Chase Young coming off the defensive line. But that's just not enough for a team to win. Dwayne Haskins, to me, I'm not a big fan of him. I know I'm a big fan of Antonio Gibson, who's coming in at that starting running back, which, of course, I am as I have him in fantasy. And Terry McLaurin, and they have these young pieces. But is it going to translate to wins at the end of the day? And, yes, I could say the Jags, which they're probably going to go 1-15. and But maybe the Washington's going to be worse because, yes, you've got Chase Young and Jonathan Allen. But, really, who else? Yes, you've got Landon Collins. But that's not enough to get you wins at the end of the day. And I think the Washington Football Club will prove to be the one of the worst, if not the worst, football team. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Jags here. Um, just I mean I think they're trying to tank for Trevor, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and they've made some organizational moves to do that. Um, and and uh, Pat McAfee mentioned on his show a while, it was last year, I believe. Um, when the Bengals were going through this, he, he mentioned how a team tanks and the team tanks, not because of the players are told to play bad. The players are playing the best of their ability. It is the front office, the general manager who's making strategic moves to make sure that that team is not very good. The trading of Leonard Fournette um, and all of those transitions they did this offseason has kind of pointed towards the fact that they want that number one overall pick. Another team that stands out to me is the Chargers. You obviously lose Phillip Rivers. You bring in, I think, Tyrod Taylor is going to be your starting quarterback. For now, until Justin Herbert develops. Justin Herbert's sitting behind him as well. But I think there's just – there might be a little too much uncertainty there in L.A. for the Chargers. Um, You know, with limited crowds, it won't be much for a change for the Chargers anyways. So they'll be used to that in in that aspect. But they'll be in a new stadium, um, which that's what I'm excited to, to see this season. The Chargers and Rams new stadium and uh, the Raiders, the Raiders um, have a new stadium that they'll be debuting. The Raiders don't play at home uh, week one, but the Rams do. That's going to be highlighted on Sunday night football. So that'll be really exciting to watch. Um, and and I'm excited to, to see that new stadium because I really haven't got online and done any research on what it looks like. I know the design of it, but I'd want to see what it, what it actually looks like. It'd be fun. Um, I'm also curious to see this weekend attendance numbers of games. Obviously, the Colts here in town only have 2,500 mm-hmm. people, which you basically might as well have zero. Um, but I'm interested to see what other stadiums have done, you know, based on demographics, like uh, or uh, based on geographics, I should say. Uh, where are, you know, how many fans are in each stadium? I think will be uh, interesting. To, to see as well this weekend. So those are kind of the storylines that I'm looking forward to this weekend. Any storylines you're looking forward to, Sam, as we head into week one of the NFL season? Uh, storylines. Let us let me, let me look at the schedule real fast. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how how long Trubisky can stay the quarterback, to be honest. I think the Bears made that decision based on the fact that they drafted Mitchell Trubisky and they traded up, which was a questionable decision from the start. But um, – I think it's going to be interesting to see if maybe he struggles early, if they stay with him or if they turn to uh, uh, Nick Foles, who they overpaid and took on his contract from the Jaguars. I'm interested to see that because even though the Lions don't have a be- the best defense, I think they're a formidable opponent 
for Mitchell Trubisky. I'm interested in that storyline. We've got a new NFL season, and if you were if you li- listen to our live radio show that we started almost a year ago, um, we have a segment, Lock It Down, where um, we we make picks for the week, and uh, we kind of me and Sam kind of going head to head. We make two picks every week. We keep a record all season. The winner gets some bragging rights, and you know maybe the winner will um, the loser will have to buy uh, the other one a milkshake or something. So we'll figure something out. Um, but Sam, it's, it's time to get it to lock it down. I'll let you go first. Tell me who you're picking. Tell me why, and uh, and, and and just tell me tell me about your picks here. Uh, first off, I'm going to start in the AFC East, the divisional opponent. I'm going Bills minus six and a half over the Jets. I, I'm riding high on the Bills this season. I think their young core is phenomenal. Uh, they they did really well until they kind of choked in the playoffs, not going to lie. They added on offense, adding Stephon Diggs as their clear number one. They've got Devin Singletary, who's looking to be a beast. They've got Josh, Josh Allen, who's a solid starting quarterback. That, that defense on the back end, you just re-signed Tredavious White. You've got Micah Hyde on that back end. The aging, yes, but still solid Josh Norris in that defensive rush. Trent Murphy, Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes. They're, what's not to like about this team? I'm big on them. I don't think the Jets are very good this season. Yes, they do have Le'Veon, but he just hasn't worked out with the Jets so far. And for my final one, I'm going to go Seahawks minus one and a half over Falcons. I've said it on the, uh, one of my other podcasts, I think this is the year Russell Wilson potentially gets his MVP. I'm riding high on him and Chris Carson, who I also have in the league. I, I'm, I'm liking the Seahawks this year, and I don't, I don't think the Falcons will figure it out this week one. I'm not a big fan of Dan Quinn, and I think the Seahawks can at least get a field goal over the Falcons. Yeah, those are some pretty solid picks. When I was looking at mine, I almost took the Bills there uh, with uh, basically a touchdown favorite over the Jets. Uh, I, I think that'll that'll be a good uh, matchup for them, and I think the Bills get it done in week one as well. Uh, for my locks, I'm going to go Bears. They're underdogs at the Lions, so they come as a three-point underdogs. I expect the Bears to have a similar season to last year. A strong start at 5-2, and two, I believe. It fell apart in the end. So um, I'm expecting uh, high things out of the Bears here early. I'm going to take them uh, and the points, Bears plus three over the Lions. Now my other pick of the week, the Raiders, are three and a half are three point favorites um, over the Panthers. Yeah, they are making a cross country road trip for week number one, but this is the thing that got me and that got me thinking this afternoon. John Gruden has been, I think he's been flying under the radar this year. There's been no hard knocks. There's been limited media coverage around them. I haven't really seen them on the national stage that much. So I think he's got his team dialed in for week number one in the NFL season. Panthers, they got a new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, experienced quarterback, a very good quarterback, but new to the system nonetheless. They haven't had any preseason games to, to get the kinks out. Of course, no team has, but especially a team with a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. They get the whole nine yards to figure out. I think it'll be too much for Carolina to put together in week number one. That's why I take the Raiders um, as three-point favorites over the Panthers. So uh, you can keep up with our picks. We'll be posting on them on our Straight Up Sports Talk Twitter and uh, you can follow him there. We'll talk about him on Monday uh, and kind of review uh, who who won and who lost and uh, get ready for the next week. Again, uh, Monday we'll have our Monday Mayhem episode where we're going to wrap up the weekend, uh, talk a little Monday night football, and get you ready for the week. We'll come back on Friday again with another weekend prep episode. But, Sam, 
our first episode of Weekend Prep. How do you think it went? I think it went pretty well. We went over the NFL team, which I'm excited about, the ridiculous ACC proposal. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about my picks, and hopefully my fantasy football team can get a win. It's starting. It's real. It's happening. So uh, we're excited to be here and excited to cover the NFL season. I think it'll be uh, fun. It'll be fun to watch the NFL season in a different environment, obviously, but just lucky to have football. And uh, before we go here, I do I do want to say, you know, shout out to the firefighters, the policemen. Um, to the day this comes out is, is 9-11, obviously a day to remember. Um, and, and I know we pushed this to the end. I didn't mean to, but uh, just thank you. Um, we obviously want to remember everyone who, who was fallen in, in attacks at 9-11. I, I've been fortunate enough to go to New York and, and see the um, the Twin Towers locations, been up One World Trade, seen pretty much everything that there is to see um, surrounding the 9-11 museum, monument, everything. Uh, I actually spoke to a survivor of the 9-11 attacks, which was a surreal experience for me. So it's definitely, um, I definitely have a closer connection to it now that I've been um, so just, you know, just thank you. Just if you, if you don't know much about the attacks on 9-11, do some research and learn because, um, it was a devastating attack. And if you ever get a chance to go to New York, I highly suggest doing the museum, um, and, and everything, because it's just a surreal experience to see everything, all the artifacts that they have in there from the, from that day, um, is just truly amazing. So we want to give a shout out to them and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a few minutes there to, to, to give a shout out again. Didn't mean to push it to the end. It's kind of the way the cookie crumbled. But, uh, Sam, you have anything to say? Uh, no, I echo everything you say. Again, almost two decades since the attacks. Uh, it's it's been, it's been quite a changing experience, I think, for all of us, even though we were kind of young at the time. But I think we all have our hearts and remember every time 9-11 comes around what happened. And, yeah, our thoughts and prayers goes to every family affected and whatnot. Again, you mentioned the cops, the firefighters. I echo everything you said. Definitely, for sure. All right, Sam, before we get out of here, anything else you want to say before we wrap up the episode? Uh, not, not after that. I, th- I think we touched on everything. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with we uh, episode one of Friday ma- or Weekend Prep. I, weekend I can, prep. I can, yeah. I can It's not Friday Mayhem, Sam. Friday. It's Monday Mayhem. Monday Mayhem. I couldn't come up with the creative Friday name. Yeah. We might have to come up with a name and change it. But Weekend Prep is kind of a, a, a good name. You know, It's preparing you for the weekend, and hopefully we did that for you. Um, and again, you follow us on Twitter, straight up sports talk on Twitter. Um, follow us there. We're going to be posting a lot more. I'm going to be get on myself and get more active on that Twitter page. So thanks for tuning in and, uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you on Monday for Monday mayhem. That'll come out Monday afternoon ish, I would say. So be on the lookout for that. My name's Grant for Sam Thillman. Have a nice night.